submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. We call this podcast, Are You a Fan of the Dark? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Are You a Fan of the Dark? I'm Dale. And I'm Jody. And this week, we are doing episode 10 of season 1, The Tale of Jake and the Leprechaun. I almost say Jake the Leprechaun every time on this one. You might be right. I don't know. I do not remember this episode whatsoever. (laughs) I'm not right, but... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for that. So, I guess I don't really need to say that. No memory, nothing to say about it. I actually remember this one, I suspect I remember this one pretty well, but chances are I don't remember much of it at all. I do remember that this involved a young boy, presumably Jake, and I think a school play. I think it was Midsummer Night's Dream. This one really stuck in my head because there's a scene where Jake has to eat a set of spiders uh, out of this little glass vial, and I thought that was one of the most horrifying things I could think of in my youth. It was Fear Factor for kids? Yeah. Yeah, this was pretty up there for me. (laughs) At least. Um, So he's basically trying to not be turned into some type of elf or goblin. And that is the the, eating the spiders is the last step to stopping his transformation. Ew. So buckle in, kids. This should be a fun ride today. Yeah, to be honest, I've been kind of dreading this one because I have a feeling it's going to be like Hungry Hounds. But I hope I'm wrong. I actually remember liking this one. And I did not like Hungry Hounds. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that if there's leprechauns, it's going to be problematic in one way or another, either by making fun of the Irish or making fun of small people. You know, in my head, the character that's trying to turn Jake into whatever other ethereal force uh, looks a lot like Dr. Vink, only well-groomed. But I could be entirely incorrect on that one, and it could be somebody that's... um, A little person? Could be. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll find out. We'll see how tastefully they've dealt with this. (laughs) There's a lot stored in my brain. This easily could have been pushed out. Okay. So uh, let's subject ourselves to the torment that is Jake and the Leprechaun. Wait, no. First, we're going to have a visit to our retro sponsor. Can you name me marshmallow shapes? Sure. Heart stars. Horseshoes. Clovers and blue moons. I heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons. Possible rainbows and the red balloons. Lucky Charms, the part of this good breakfast with eight magical marshmallows. They can name them. Can you? So, Jody, are you excited about this week's retro sponsor? <laughs> I'm, hmm. <laughs> you know, I admit I'm a little curious how this is going to go today. Um, yep. So, appropriately, uh, we chose... Lucky Charms! <laughs> it really had to be that one, especially given the intro of this particular uh, episode, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I'm an old-time fan of Lucky Charms, meaning I'm, when well. we had these originally, I was old. Or, uh, sorry, <laughs> I was younger. I was, it was an once old, young, long time ago. <laughs> but now I'm old, <laughs> and I love my Lucky Charms. <laughs> uh, so when I first had these, uh, they had things like diamonds. I don't uh, remember diamonds. And red balloons that had stars yes. in them. That was later, remember. but I remember that. I don't ever remember having the balloons with the stars in them. But Now, we took a trip down memory lane and watched several of these videos yeah. uh, to see kind of what we could. And, and Jody was did not know the jingle. He thought that it said instead of pots of gold, he thought it said pots of golden rainbows. No, I thought it said lots of golden rainbows. Oh, oh, pots right. of golden rainbows would make <laughs> no sense. Well, it depends on how high luck he was. So. <laughs> no. The quantity of pot you have just consumed has not changed the amount of golden rainbows. They should not be golden in the first place. So we have these fun little, like, um, cups of cereal that you get at, like, school or summer camp or... Parents, they hate you. Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah, school, summer camp. Yeah, that's the only place I ever got these. Places where you can't get your own bowl, basically. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, sometimes hotels. Hotels. Hotels, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this has a really weird-looking Lucky on it. This is... Looks like Adventure Time Lucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely new art for that one. So um, I, I remember, I wanted to say I remember Original Lucky, but now that we've no. reviewed some of these older commercials, I do not remember Original Lucky. I don't either. Yeah. I remember the 90s one. <laughs> I remember the 90s Lucky. I, there's a there's an older, more human-esque. Weird looking. And Lucky Charms is really old. It's from like the 60s or 70s. Jeez, not so not we this didn't particular even, batch. But... Yeah, we didn't even go that far back, guys. We, uh, we just went back to the 80s. So let's see what... Um, 
marshmallows are in this one with the Adventure Time Lucky. I'm really curious because they're so different. And now there's all these two-tone, tritone, yeah. multi-colored marshmallows. The, the first, is. according to the commercial, uh, ooh, you got nice rainbows. Dale has all sorts of like bright yellow and orange, and then it mine looks like a toe. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the pot of gold, personally. Um, There's the blue blob. I think you're supposed to flip that around. It's supposed to be the rainbow. Oh no, it's a moon. I'm lied. I'm sorry. Oh jeez, I remember that's supposed to be a moon. Okay. So anyway, There's I a got green thing. Shamrock. Shamrock. I got all the blue and pinks and purples. Uh, Dale got all the weird, funny colors like green and yeah. gold. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the weird actual cereal shapes that I could never figure out what they were supposed to be. Nordic Fish runes. and bells and who knows. X's, O's, Jesus fish. Jesus I don't fish. Know. <laughs> it definitely smells like Lucky Charms still. That that smell has never changed. <laughs> if it tastes like Lucky Charms, that is the test here later. Okay, so I have the red balloon that does not have the star in it. Multi-heart horseshoe. <laughs> you know what? This green thing, I think it's actually supposed to be Lucky's hat. I vaguely remember some later commercial saying, oh, we now have Lucky's hat as a marshmallow. So there's... Now I know what this is. I'm going to describe it first. <laughs> Ugly. There is a two-toned uh, rising white. curve. It is white with an orange stripe on it, and the tip of it is orange. And I know this is not doing it justice. However, it looks very splotchy, and I know this is actually supposed to be a shooting star because I remember the commercials for yeah. that. But I could, there's no way I would infer that, honestly, from looking at it. Where are my diamonds? Do <laughs> they not have those They don't anymore? have diamonds anymore. Like I said, I don't remember ever having diamonds in it. I mean, okay, so here, let's, let's look up what shapes of marshmallows are available now. Oh. 1964. So, Lucky Charms was made in 1964 by product developer John... Hallohan. Uh, idea of charm bracelets, of course, is what made this in the first place. This was the first cereal to include marshmallows in the recipe. Alrighty. The mascot of Lucky Charms is, of course, Lucky the Leprechaun, created in 1963, uh, also known as Sir Charms. Ew. <laughs> okay, here we go. Alright, the marshmallows are meant to re represent Lucky's magical charms, each with their own special meaning of power. The following are explanations of the permanent marshmallows. Number one, hearts, the power to bring things to life. Two, shooting stars, power to fly. Three, horseshoes, power to speed things up. Four, green clovers, not just a hat. Oh, okay. Luck, but you will never know what kind of luck you will get. Five, blue moons, power of invisibility. Six, rainbows, instantaneous travel from place to place. Seven, red balloons, power to make things float. Do you already have the power to fly? <laughs> unicorn, where is my unicorn? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. According to the inaugural cereal box, unicorns can cleanse water with a touch of their horn, heal whatever troubles you, and always know when you are telling the truth. So, I'm also not seeing... Oh, you have a horseshoe. I okay. do have a horseshoe. I found everything I could. There was no unicorns in my bag. I don't ever remember that being a, a marshmallow. <clears throat> okay, so let's see what the limited edition... Oh, there's been more than 30 featured limited edition marshmallow shapes? Shit. Okay, so a whale-shaped marshmallow, a green pine tree... Star, Star and balloon. balloon shape. We were talking about that one. Sprinkles. Ew. <laughs> uh, Moon-shaped marshmallows were modified with the addition of yellow curve for a limited time. I think I actually remember that. Uh, new sparkling rainbow. The swirled marshmallows were in Lucky Charms for a limited time. Two new rainbow marshmallows were added for LGBT Pride Month. Shit, why didn't I know about that? That would have been awesome. That, that is actually really awesome. Ah, new diamond-shaped marshmallows were added in 2015. They were in the 80s, though. The original ones yeah, had diamonds in them. It's on a commercial. Don't look it up. Limited edition cinnamon vanilla Lucky Charms include only snowman, snowball, and snowflake-shaped marshmallows. Ugh. Oh, my God. That sounds disgusting. Oh, that would have been awesome. But that doesn't tell us what this weird orange thing is. Shooting star. No, the one that looks like a toe. Oh, jeez. Oh, you know, I didn't get any of those. Hourglass. Heart, star, horseshoe, clover, blue moon... Hourglass, rainbow, and red balloon. Okay, so let's uh, let's do a taste test, see if this still tastes amazing, or if this is just like, oh, I have diabetes. <laughs> so we didn't get a pot of gold in ours either. Yeah, a pot of gold is missing. Maybe that uh, the hourglass did that because it's got the same colors. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably easy. Oh, it's already getting slimy. It's supposed to get slimy. 
the best part of Lucky Charms. I think that's what I, why I didn't like Lucky Charms, because they got slimy, and I'm really weird about slimy texture. Was the marshmallow-flavored cereal. Uh, cereal juice oh that smell oh it was the milk <laughs> at the end of it and oh oh i forgot i completely forgot about the pasty chunks of color <laughs> oh god that uh come from breaking a marshmallow They're in half bleeding everywhere yeah <laughs> it's a marshmallow massacre this was such an awesome cereal as a kid it's a little horrifying now <laughs> break a rainbow up it's really cool no <laughs> i'm just eating the actual like grain pieces just dancing around the marshmallows, huh? A little bit. Okay. I'm a little scared to eat the marshmallows, honestly. You are doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> you are doing our viewers a disservice. Mm, okay. <laughs> Don't sniff them. <laughs> they smell like marshmallows, in case you're wondering. They taste like sugar. I would not say they're magically delicious. I don't know. So there's a specific taste. There is a very that specific Lucky taste. Lucky Charms has, and <laughs> it's still got it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is exactly what I remember from my youth. This is dead on the money, 100%. Sure, the the shapes have changed. Yep. Um, sure, they've gotten new marshmallows, but the flavor has not, in any capacity, uh, shifted. No, nope. I would definitely say this is not healthy. There's 15% of all needed vitamins in your daily routine. I mean... And four grams of protein. That's actually pretty good. That's because... Before the milk. The marshmallows have gelatin in them. That's the only reason. I'll take it. All right, that's 38 carbohydrates. Or sorry, 39. Three of which is dietary, 17 of which is sugar. And that is per serving size. And this is about equal to or still less than having soda. Mm-hmm. Dear God. <laughs> yeah. This is um, definitely not a meal in and of itself. This is a treat. I could definitely see like why you might want to eat this if you had the munchies really bad. But yeah, it tastes exactly like I remember. Smells exactly like I remember. So what do we think about Lucky Charms? Are well, they... I, I like it. <laughs> Are they still charming? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just because you never had them as a kid. <laughs> I had the, the uh, Malto Meal brand, whatever. That had diamonds in it. Marshmallow Mateys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, again, not a huge fan of the super, super sweet cereals. We're going to continue to enjoy our eating our Lucky Charms while we watch The Tale of Jake and the Leprechaun. We just finished Jake and the Leprechaun. This was uh, episode 10 of season 1. It originally aired October 24th, 1992. And it was written by Nick Webb and directed by DJ McHale. I want to open up with, this was not what I remembered. <laughs> it uh, accidentally turned into what I sort of remembered. Yeah. So we open up with Gary talking to everybody at the campfire, saying that Frank is giving up his turn to tell a story so that Eric can tell a story. But Eric reveals that his grandfather had just passed away earlier that week. And he felt the need to kind of tell a story in his grandfather's memory. His Irish grandfather. The one that tells all the good stories, just like this group did. Yeah, all about pixies and, and all this other stuff. Which is really dumb because, like, Eric starts talking about fairies and pixies and whatnot. And one of the kids is like, what's a pixie? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, how the fuck do you guys not know what pixies are? For a group of kids who spends all of their time... Uh, looking up horrible monsters, sci-fi creatures, and fantasy everything. Yeah. They were surprisingly dumb, uh, uneducated when yeah. it came to Irish folklore. They didn't know what a leprechaun was either. What is a leprechaun? Well, they're kind of like little old men, and they make shoes. And they dress all in green, and they wear strange little hats like this one. Um, by the by, this definitely carries into Eric, who, who boy... We got some stuff later to talk about. Yeah, I mean, he kind of knew what he was talking about when he mentioned the, um, it wasn't a Selkie, what was the other, what was it? The uh, Kelpie. Kelpie. Yeah, the Kelpie was right, because, yeah, Kelpies are just water horses that try and fucking kill you, which is true. I'm not 100% sure on leprechaun lore, but sure, they're little men who fix shoes and wear green. Eric is talking about his grandfather, and he reveals that he has this really weird-looking hat. And everybody's kind of like, well, where'd you get this hat? And he's like, well, my grandfather got it. Specifically, he got it in a trade from somebody. I don't remember who the trade partner is supposed to be on that one. But the important thing here is the plot device that he's about to unfold, which will not be used until much later in the, the episode. How'd your grandfather get the hat? Well, he said he got it in a trade. 
If a person offers a pixie a trade, they can't refuse no matter how bad a deal it is. All you have to do is say mine be yours and yours be mine. If you want to make a trade with the pixie, they cannot go back on it if you say yours be mine and mine be yours. So after Eric reveals this very important plot device, he finally starts the story and, you know, puts on his hat. And we open on a very obvious scene on a stage. Okay, so yeah, basically we have the story of a goblin chasing after this little boy for some sort of debt. And Aaron, our erstwhile savior, comes to the rescue of the little boy. Aaron is supposedly a leprechaun come to save the child. And child, Jake, horribly trips, flops over, and in a quick, sorry, uh, breaks up the monotony of the scene. Everybody hates doing their job anyway, and they all decide to go home for the evening. <laughs> yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Like, I've never seen anybody fuck up in a, like, stage play rehearsal, and everybody's like, well, we're done for the day, bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> It's great, too, because it's totally, <laughs> you suck. All right, we're, yeah. they take off their wig, they start, you know, getting out of the costumes, just like, yep, that's normal, kid. You're terrible. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Jake is feeling bad about how terrible he is when Aaron from the stage calls to a stagehand saying, Bring me my tea! Liquor. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, and the stagehand brings him his tea, and then she promptly goes over to Jake, and Jake's like, What is that tea that Aaron's always drinking? Would it help me be a better actor? Because I'm pretty sure I'm never going to get through this play. <laughs> uh, yeah. The stagehand takes pity on him and is like, well, here's the special recipe, but you're probably never going to be able to find these herbs, but good luck. <laughs> so Aaron calls Jake over to try and mentor him and has a nice little scene where he starts to talk about the magic of their stage and the hundred years that this whole theater has been here and how Jake just needs to open up and let loose to the magic inside of him and just relax. And right as in the center of his conversation, we smash cut to uh, Jake running down an open path into some sort of garden in the bright sunshine of another day. He runs into this big old greenhouse where we wind up meeting a gentleman who introduces himself as Sean O'Shaney. And he's this really friendly guy. He's like singing to himself while he's tending to his plants. And he sees this kid and he's like, oh, you look like a nice kid. You seem to have the glamour about you. Like, But he's got this really heavy Irish accent. And he also happens to be a little person. Jake is just like, hey, so I need to find some really special herbs. Do you think you can help me out? Here's a list. Yeah. <laughs> um, he winds up handing Sean the list. And Sean's like, oh, well, you came to the right place. I tend to have like all the herbs you'll ever need. And then he actually reads the list and immediately gets super angry. <laughs> yeah, Sean goes, starts reading off the list and just starts cursing at Jake. Uh, get out why would you bring this here how could you who do you think i am why would you insult me like this spits at the kid's feet and chases him out <laughs> yeah yeah um and jake of course is like okay and just fucking leaves um <laughs> so between these two scenes i'm already feeling like i've missed something at yeah. this point the odd cuts are really jarring um and there's not a lot of lead into how jake found out what this place is nope or where, why here? Why here? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very strange. But the next scene is we are in a very dark but candlelit room. A and dark, somebody... Dark room in a dark, dark place. <laughs> yeah. And somebody is chanting. <laughs> Take his soul and grind it all and eat it with a fish. The boy be mine for all of time. This is what I wish. <laughs> and it has to be Aaron because we recognize the voice whispering to some sort of weird snake overhead statue thing yeah while he's lighting candles and there just happens to be a picture of Jake in the middle of all this <laughs> yeah and I don't remember the exact phrasing but he's basically whispering in a rhyming enchantment of how he wants the kid's soul and he's going to eat it with a fish <laughs> and it's going to be awesome yeah <laughs> this is what he wish <laughs> this is what he wish Wish do want, we'll get. <laughs> All right, and then immediately after this weird little scene, um, we are in on a rehearsal scene with Jake and Aaron on the stage, and they're at a key point in the play where um, I 
what you're supposed to assume is Aaron's character is trying to help Jake by turning him into a leprechaun to get away from the goblin. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching him a fairy song and dance to do this. And what this entails is Aaron saying, like, repeat after me and do as I do. So he does this little chant and does this little spinny circle thing and Jake is supposed to copy him. And then they both drink from this flask. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. With the ending of the ritual being basically shuff off this mortal coil and become a fae. But this time when Jake drinks from the flask, because, you know, instead of doing rehearsal, they're actually like drinking something from the flask every damn time, which is suspicious as fuck. But poor Jake's a young child and doesn't know any better because this is his first performance. He notices that his voice gets deeper and it feels weird to him and he freaks out and he's like, oh my god, no, we need to stop. So Aaron jumps down and immediately says, no, continue. You know, don't stop. Go with it. And Jake freaks out. Nope, I'm too scared. Can't do this. So Aaron sends everyone home. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again, everything stops because Jake freaked the fuck out. And Aaron is sitting there trying to sort of console the kid a little bit. Yeah, try, again, telling him, relax. Just go with it. Just don't yeah. worry about it. It's fine. It's so creepy because Jake is like, no, I don't like it. But Aaron's like, but it's wonderful. It's, oh. it's just the magic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really creepy. It totally made my pedo alert go off. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this is a really interesting point in a couple of things. So you get immediately these illusions that Aaron owns this theater. Yeah. Because nobody argues him. They completely bend to whatever demands he makes. Uh, including the get my tea, do this, my homebrew tea, go to my place, fetch it, whatever. We're cutting, and everyone's just like, okay, well, it's 12 o'clock, you got it, boss, and just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of this scene, again, going back to a couple of the harder smash cuts earlier, Aaron mentions Jake has the glamour, and that makes Jake go, oh, hey, someone else said I had that. And as Aaron rocks off, Jake pulls out a green card. Um, Which we have no idea where he got it from. But it must have been given to him. This is, of course, how Jake found Sean, but none of this has been presented prior to this, so it's just this lost thread. Yeah, so he pulls out this card, and he, I guess he presumably thinks of Sean, and then goes back to the greenhouse, and we see Sean is real surly about Jake going back, and he's basically just like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm not going to deal with you, kid. This was such a good scene, too, because, <laughs> one, it starts off when Jake enters, it's me... <laughs> it's me jake like, you obviously know who i am <laughs> um sean is upside down standing on his head for whatever reason and then it's this rush scene of uh sean running down the hill basically to get it, or quickly walking down the hill to get away from this dumb kid mm -hmm. who wants these horrible ingredients and the kid chasing after him till sean turns and slams the gate shut behind him uh right into jake's manhood doubling him over and very good comical relief for that little bit yeah, and Sean is just done with this kid. He does not want to deal with him. So he goes and he like is like, good day, and like shuts himself in his house in the middle of this garden. And Jake's like, but I need help, pretty much. And I think Sean takes pity on the kid and lets him come in. Jake is looking around this house, and you know, it's like full of dried herbs and plants and shit, of course. And Sean is like sitting in the corner and he's lighting up this pipe. He's like, all right. I'll listen to your tale. I'll let you speak your piece. So Sean has obviously kind of noticed that Jake doesn't seem to know shit. Like, he has no idea what's happening to him. He has no idea what the herbs are actually for. But it seems that Sean has an inkling. But he doesn't, of course, let the kid know at all. Because that would be the smart thing to do, I guess. Oh, well, This kid's pretty thick. I don't know if telling him would help. <laughs> so he kind of starts letting little things slip, but not a whole lot. And he just starts kind of putzing around his house and getting things together and um pulls out a very particular thing of herbs and jake's like well where'd you get that and sean's like well i traded it to With a spriggan to a spriggan you know i did the yours be mine and mine be yours and i lost my favorite toothpick and he just explains that Herbs are, can be very powerful if you know what you're doing with them. And it leads on to this conversation where eventually Jake winds up inviting Sean to come to the final rehearsal of the play and the actual performance. 
And Sean is like, I wouldn't miss it for the world because obviously he knows there's something up with this Aaron character. So then we cut to the next day and it's the, you know, last dress rehearsal for the play. And they're performing that particular scene where Jake and Aaron are doing their little fairy vow and dance. And <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. The fairy vow and dance. Um, and Sean is there in the wings watching and he's hears the chanting and he sees the dance he's like fuck i know what this is and he just kind of like runs off meanwhile jake is at the part where he's drinking from the flask and sean is in the in the back area somewhere fucking with some ropes and he winds up untying a piece of the scenery and it falls and interrupts the scene not until after jake has already uh said the vows yeah presumably not completed them yeah so then after that uh everybody breaks up as per usual, if any little thing goes wrong with this production, everybody just kind of, like, fucks off. <laughs> well, in this case, a part of the set just tried to kill a couple of the actors. They try go on a manhunt to see if they can find out who did this and why. Jake happens to run into Sean, and Sean's like, come here, come here, I need to tell you what just happened. You know, I'm the one that, that pulled the rope, I'm the one that made that scenery fall, because there's something up. You need to look into a mirror. <laughs> uh, after convincing Jake that he's not trying to kill him, he's trying to save him, Jake looks into the mirror and sees that he's now grown his own very uh, large set of elf ears. Yep, and starts <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Completely disproportional to how nice his ears look. <laughs> yeah, it actually doesn't look that bad. But then we cut to the campfire where all the other people of the Midnight Society are sitting there like, well, that's weird. Yeah, I, lo I don't remember the kid's name, but the first child to speak goes, so he's got big ears. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just as deadpan as could be. <laughs> so he's got pointy ears. Uh, like, that's horrifying. That's scary, <laughs> I, I guess. And then we are back to Jake and Sean, and Sean is explaining, you're turning into a changeling. What's a changeling? Not what they think it is. I don't actually know in this case, because they don't tell you what a changeling's supposed to be. It's not really brought up. There's no detail to it. You're turning into something. Uh, Jake goes, well, that's bad. And yep. Sean goes, yes, it is. Okay, they moving just, on. They just kind of agree <laughs> that it's a bad thing, which this makes absolutely no sense. And when we get to a part later in this, it really makes no sense. Yeah, if you're having trouble following what's going on with fiction of this world, <laughs> so were we. Uh, we'll recap that at the end. <laughs> uh, well, okay, speaking of weird, Sean asks Jake, where is... Aaron right now and Jake's like well he does live beneath the theater and he usually takes a nap before performances so that's probably where he's at like that's a totally normal thing Aaron owns the theater that makes oh my complete god. sense that doesn't make oh my god it's so creepy because if you're not the Phantom of the Opera <laughs> you're obviously the Banshee of the Opera I guess so Sean's like well we're gonna go fuck him up basically <laughs> so they go down into the basement <laughs> And they're like, okay, well, we need to we need to get into his room. So Sean takes his pipe and he lights it and he puts it up under a smoke alarm to set it off. Of course, Aaron comes running out of his room. And as soon as he's out of the room, Jake and Sean go running into it to investigate. Now, I like that there's enough time for Jake and Sean to hide, uh, clean up the traces of what they did to set off the alarm and become covered when Aaron actually exits. Because it's a small thing that's really funny when Aaron comes back into the room later. But once Jake and Sean get into the room, the place looks like a Viking room. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's like stone walls. And... Yeah, Nordic theme. There's a, a Viking helmet. There's a bench that is presumably this guy's bed. There's also <laughs> a statue of a half-naked little cherub, which freaked me out a little bit. It's probably not very Nordic. It's right next to his bed. In case you're wondering. Oh, that makes more sense. Gross. Well, we're going to find out later he likes little boys. Ugh. It's not in the way that sounds. He likes them for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably like having a picture of steak and a heart next to it for most of you guys. Maybe. But they get in there and, and Sean is just like immediately like, oh, yeah, I fucking knew it. And there's, you know, they see the shrine with the candles and Jake's picture and all this other weird stuff. And Jake's just kind of like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Why does he have a picture of me? Why does he have my hat? Yeah, this is real creepy. And there's all these bottles of herbs in front of it and whatnot, and uh, Sean starts picking through them. Looking for something very particular. Yeah. Um, eventually he finds what he's looking for, and it is Ruin's Root, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but right as he finds it, we hear Aaron tromping down the hall and opening the door. So the two 
fortunately being very small, mm-hmm. uh, easily duck underneath Aaron's bed, mm-hmm. where they hide. <laughs> yep, and they watch as Aaron uh, pretty much peels off his human facade piece by piece, because... Like you do when you're a, a hideous monster, when you get into your, you know, relaxed space, you go over to your vanity and peel off your ears and look at your face in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure I got my latex off of my ears, too. I like that it only works that they had time to hide, because now coming back, you realize Aaron probably had to put on his prosthetics so he could go out. <laughs> yeah. And that's so good to me. Like, that's actually a little nugget of good scripting in this that was completely unintentional, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> But when Aaron looks in the mirror, his face is all gross. He's got these gnarly ears. And um, he goes over to the bed and takes off his slippers. Big hairy hobbit feet with the worst case of unclipped toenails you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Jake and Sean get a front row seat to that. And then, for whatever reason, Aaron, does he sit on the bed or on that bench? Whatever. He sits down. It's the same thing to me. And he takes <laughs> off his robe. And he has this really hairy fucking back. Like, this guy is... It's not even a hairy back. He has hair (laughs) on his back. But it's like someone took a bunch of hair and glued it to the center of his back. They put a toupee on his back. Yeah. It's a back toupee. It's just one giant patch of fur. (laughs) (laughs) One big hairy patch. It's not on the rest of his back, but just this one centered patch. Like a tuft. So, (laughs) honestly, me looking at this guy... If I were to try and name him, like, what kind of critter he was, I'd be like, oh, he's a troll. Yeah. Yeah, He looks like a troll. Sure. But no, that's not what he is. So, for whatever reason, Aaron doesn't turn around. Yeah, Aaron goes into some sort of meditative trance where he begins awing at the snake statue god thing and gives the kids enough time to creep out from under the bed and carefully kick the door open and run screaming down the hallway with the door flapping in the wind without Aaron getting up and wondering what the hell just happened. Yeah. Jake and Sean, I don't know where they go. Did they just go like somewhere in the theater? I think presumably they actually go back to Sean's place. Okay. But who knows? But they start talking, and Sean basically explains to Jake that he's becoming a changeling. And, oh, that's what we missed. Oh. At the shrine. Right. At the shrine in Aaron's room, there's also this little globe with a frog in it. The pet toad. Yes. And when they're there, uh, Sean explains that that's no frog. That's a changeling. Right. So now we know that something's sinister. And recapping that the toad was actually a changeling, and that that is what... Uh, Jake is turning into gets to look forward to yeah <laughs> yeah it's really fucking weird and that um Aaron is a banshee so there's there's so many things wrong with this because as soon as he said banshee I was like what the fuck this guy is a troll I don't understand yeah if you're having trouble following the lore of this so were we <laughs> yeah uh Sean explains that every seven years he needs to eat a new soul or whatever and what he does is he basically I don't understand it like is he changing him slowly into a toad he's so given how the writing is for this one every hat is up in the air for actuality (laughs) however presumptively uh he is causing him to go into a state where Aaron, as the banshee creature is able to take the essence of the kid and removing the humanity from the child turns it into some sort of animal not necessarily a toad but presumptively some sort of minor creature. It's super odd. It doesn't make any sense. But Jake is like, I I don't want to be a toad, so we got to do something about this. What can I do? And Sean's like, well, there isn't really anything you can do except try and beat him at his own game. So go back to the theater. I'll figure this shit out. I'll run back with you later on tonight. Yeah. So then we cut to the night of the play. We get through the first act. Jake is going back to his dressing room, and he's looking for Sean. And Sean is like, not so bad for a first act. They have some weird banter going on. And he's finally like, okay, let's get down to business. This is what we need to do to defeat the Banshee. So there are three rules to taking care of a Banshee. One, you must be fearless. And this is what Jody remembered. <laughs> yeah, This is the one thing out of this entire episode that actually sticks in my head is, you must be fearless. Here, eat these spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he hands Jake this test tube with, like, two spiders in it, and it's really, it's less than 30 seconds. Like, you'd think they'd make a bigger deal about this kid having to eat live spiders. Yeah, Jake just kind of looks over at Sean and goes, I'm gonna die, right? Sean goes, yep. Jake goes, okay. Downs the spiders. (laughs) Rule number one, be fearless. Swallow this. Forget it. 
done. Very well handled on the kids' part. Yeah, and so... (laughs) Freaked out. (laughs) And then Sean's like, okay, now part two. You need to give him a taste of his own medicine. Jake has the flask that they've been drinking out of or whatever, and he puts something in it. They don't ever show what it is. It's the ruin root. Oh, is it? That he had garnered from uh, Aaron's room. Yeah, and he's like, here, you make sure that he drinks it, but you don't. It's called Ruins Root. This is going to go bad, kids. <laughs> yeah, I, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. And what's part three, Jody? <laughs> huh, part three, maintain eye contact. Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't follow all three of these rules, you're basically going to get fucked. <laughs> oh, so the fun thing that I didn't, that I noticed, um, I don't know if you did, but when they actually pan into the dressing room at the first part, you actually see Eric's hat on a mannequin which you know is later on on top of sean Sean. (laughs) yeah it's pretty i hadn't i did see sean with it (laughs) yeah oh uh actually quick point of interest and note once sean has decided to join in on aaron's team so the first time he shows up in the theater it's now obviously apparent he's wearing green yep this trend continues it could be a hint (laughs) a little bit we get to the part of the play where they do their little fairy song and dance. And this time, as Aaron drinks the potion, he gets a really odd look on his face, tosses it over to Jake, who instead of drinking it, tosses it right back and repeats the part about shuffing off the mortal coil. Aaron's disturbed. Yeah, he's like, who you been talking to, boy? (laughs) (laughs) That was good, actually. Yeah. That's dead on. As Jake, with his eyebrows climbing past his hairline, keeps his (laughs) eyes on Aaron and says... I don't know what you mean. Aaron <laughs> slings the uh, the, the drinking bota. <laughs> I think that's what actually Sean know. calls it. It's a fucking flask. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bota. It's a flask. Either way. Uh, slings it off into the audience. And Aaron turns to follow it. Jake. Sorry. Jake turns to follow it, drops his head in shame, and repeats to himself, fuck. I lost eye contact with Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which I appreciated so much. And of course, when he turns to look back at Aaron, he's missing. Aaron half left the building. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Then he shows up on the other side of the stage and is like advancing on poor Jake. And he's like, now I'm going to eat you, basically. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron disappears and reappears. And really, his entrance on the second part feels like it should have been preceded by pyrotechnics and smoke display. <laughs> yeah. Just like a WWE wrestler just yeah. coming onto the stage. Just boom, explosions. And then. <laughs> no, he just got his weird <laughs> laughter and he's all gross looking again. Yeah, so he's actually redecked himself out. Now he's in even more uh, medieval garb. He's wearing a short sword on his side. He's got fancy gloves, and he's got the world's worst hairdo oh God, uh, yeah. spread around his giant gnarly ears. His face is very red. Uh, his teeth are more fangy, uh, kind of yeah. messed up. He's looks like a horror bad guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's coming at poor Jake, and Jake's like, shit, help! I don't know what to do. He's actually asking for legit help from the audience. The audience is just like, Hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. The first words out of Aaron's mouth are, Are you afraid, boy? Back to rule one. <laughs> Be courageous. Show no fear. Jake's like, No, I, I have no fear. As he falls backwards and crawls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, yeah, legitimately screaming for help. Help, help. This is real. <laughs> At the audience. When who should come to the rescue, Dale? <laughs> <laughs> then we see Sean sitting in the prop tree. And he's all, how I would like to term it, leapt out. <laughs> he's got the full... I'm disappointed. <laughs> he's got the full leprechaun garb. He's got, like, this nice tailed waistcoat thing. And he's got the fancy hat and, He's you know, got a posh cloak half thrown over one shoulder for extra enforcement. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's real fancy. And he's just like, hello, Gort. <laughs> or is it Aaron nowadays? Or is it Aaron now? These two clearly know each other. When uh, Sean had originally decided to help, it was after Jake had said Aaron's name. Sean goes, oh, Aaron, is it? Hmm. <laughs> That's not a common name at all. Oh, God. They have this weird little, like, showdown. Back to your old tricks, are you, Gort? <laughs> of course, the old tricks work best. And there's 
Gort Aaron slinging off a magical pyrotechnic shot. It's a magic missile. It is a magic missile. He just straight up fucking magic missiles the fake tree. <laughs> yep, and it falls over. It wasn't a good magic missile. Magic missile should hit its target. This clearly missed. <laughs> yeah, the tree falls over. Sean's no longer in it, and Jake's like, shit. <laughs> I do love that the tree falls back because it's still so appropriate to the play. Yeah. At this point, because it just, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so, so bad. And Jake is just kind of like, well, there's pretty much nothing I can do now. And Gort Aaron is like, yeah, pretty much. And he like waggles his fingers. Advances on the kid and there's a magical poof. And the child has been reduced to... A toad. <laughs> and he's like, he's mine. He's all mine. Yeah, Jake's not doing too good here. He got one out of three right. Yep. Fucked off the eye contact. Totally lost his composure. He did manage to turn some of the magic against Gort. That didn't last long. Nope. And Gort, you know, scoops up his spoils of Toad, and he starts walking off. And all of a sudden, we hear Sean's voice. He's like, you're right. That is yours. (laughs) So, if any of you to this point have been wondering, hey, what happened to that plot device that we set up in motion at the very beginning and middle of this whole episode? The yours be mine and mine be yours thing? Don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Sean is walking towards Gort, and he's like, I think I might have something that you're interested in, or something like that. And he takes off his hat hmm. and pulls... Purple bag. I thought it was in his hat. The the bag may be in the hat, but I think he pulls out from somewhere. May have been the cloak, may have been the hat. Whatever. This crown royal bag. <laughs> um, And from in its depths... He pulls out the biggest rat tail I've ever seen. I thought it was a snake at first. I did too. No. <laughs> it's very brown and it's coiled. It looks like they probably took a fake snake yeah. and just shoved a sheath of like fur over it. Yeah. That would actually yes. make a lot of sense. <laughs> actually, no. He's like, yes, that's yours. And this is mine. And he pulls it out of the bag. And yeah. Now, <laughs> the banshee, the rat creature, formerly called a banshee, formerly called Gort, now known as Aaron, uh, goes, my tail. yeah apparently it's his tail gross (laughs) mum's the word on how uh sean had gotten this thing on uh but quickly now sean starts beginning the yours be mine and mine be yours and throws the tail over to aaron aaron drops the toad because what else are you going to do when somebody throws a tail at you grabs the tail and then in a giant screaming explosion of light disappears what? I don't. I don't get it. Why? DJ McHale, we have questions. <laughs> yeah. I. Okay. It's very weird. So who was the writer on this? Uh, Nick Webb. Yeah. He didn't write anything else. No. Nope. Good. Uh, I looked Nick. <laughs> Nick, why you do? Okay, we'll wait to the recaps. Let's go. Okay. Um. So with Gort gone, we have poor Jake left as a toad. But don't worry, Sean's got this. Ribbit. Yep. So Sean pulls out, maybe it's from the same Crown Royal bag. I would not be surprised. He pulls out It's his, a bag of holding, let's be honest. pixie dust or whatever and like practically, practically skips around the toad and does this little chant and basically is like, return to your human form. And Jake does. Yep. So my notes on this literally had like two lines. It's basically a uh, kid fucks up, turns into a toad, Sean saves him, crowd goes awesome. And that's the end of the episode. Good day, but thanks. It's almost that quickly. It's almost. very fast. Yeah. They, the the cloud explodes. Jake stands back up. The crowd goes, holy crap. What amazing awesome. special effects. Too bad the writing sucked on this last part, but who cares? That was amazing. And everybody stands up, starts bowing. The back crew is sitting there with their hands up in the air, like, screaming at the script, going, where is this? Yeah, this was not in the script. What the hell is going on? And then Eric is like, and Will of the Wisp was never performed again. The end. Like, that one was for you, Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> like, I think Grandpa's rolling in his grave. Like, that was pretty bad, Eric. <laughs> it, was, it was. It really was. It, it was horrible. Uh, the Midnight Society does not say that much, and yeah. they all instead just stand up and give him hugs and condolences. Good job, good job. Subtext, I'm sorry your grandpa died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't tell you that was shit because you're sad, so, um, yeah. And you're probably depressed as well right now, but you've been pretty sad for a while. <laughs> oh my god, this episode. Okay, so. Uh, where to start? Um, 
Let's go with the Banshee. Because personally, this is the one that took us for a little bit. Yeah. So we're like, all right. Obviously, this is not a Banshee. Just to check ourselves, in case we were wrong, we did do a quick lookup again. But as memory serves us, Banshees are... Female. Always. They're female ghosts, and they're always known for screaming or weeping or whatever. Now, particularly, they're supposed to be basically a death knell. Yeah. The Banshee's cry is heard when someone dies. dies. It's not this weird male goblin creature that is like stealing children or whatever or it looks like a rat man no and has to eat every seven years a soul of a young child in fact nothing like that i can automatically come up with i don't remember any bloody legends like that i don't i can't think of anything like that either and it's not even like la llorona like la llorona is a a weeping woman too but she steals children yeah now i do like the idea that this is back to the very beginning of this episode where it talks about the leprechaun and the goblin over this child and what's actually going on is the idea that this isn't a banshee it's actually a goblin and it's this goblin is trying to steal this kid for dinner so the leprechaun actually has to step in and help out that's cool that's not what they're saying (laughs) it should have been a goblin it should have been the rat tail might have made sense at that point so what we were trying to figure out what the hell they were trying to make this character this gort what he was supposed to be and the closest i could come to was something known as a far darig or a fear derg depending on which person you're hearing it from but it also means red man because they wear a red coat and cap or rat boys as they are said to be rather fat have dark hairy skin long snouts and skinny tails and uh, they play pranks, quote unquote. One example of this is replacing babies with changelings. Now, this is the other thing. They oh, got changelings yeah. Part way wrong. So our best guess is definitely uh, that he is a fartharic. So they could have just not wanted to go that route because, one, that's a little hard to pronounce. And nobody knew what the fuck it would be. They didn't want to do red man because that sounds racist. And they probably could have just gone with Ratman, honestly. But that doesn't sound Irish. Yeah. So, we all know Banshee. (laughs) That's not a fucking Banshee. (laughs) But that ain't a fucking Banshee. As for changelings, like, this drove me fucking crazy, too. I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. Because there's changelings in all sorts of mythology, not just Celtic or Irish. There's changelings in pretty much any mythology you can think of, but it isn't this thing. So as far as the Irish legend goes... There are variations, but I haven't seen anything at all. Like, you're turning into a toad now. It's a, this baby was born, and then fairies came along and stole it and replaced it with another baby that's also a fairy. Yeah, so... Or a goblin or something, but it looks like a baby. Changelings (laughs) originally were used to explain people who had some sort of mental illness or disease. Uh, Those were commonly blamed on as being changelings. The real healthy good child was taken at some point, the parents don't know when, and this poor uh, diseased creature, this rabid monster, this whatever, that's obviously unhealthy or mentally incorrect is what's left. This is the fairy's trick on you. Yeah, it's definitely not this weird polymorphing garbage that they were trying to go with. It's funny they had to use that because fairy tricks easily cover tons of shit like polymorphing. Again, Back to why I thought this was a Midsummer Night's Dream as the production. Let's go back to Bottom. Oh, yeah. Who gets his head turned into a donkey's head. <laughs> yep. So there's plenty of opportunity there for that just to be the case. Uh, the particular words used just didn't make sense. The the citing that they're using doesn't make sense. does not work with what they're choosing. It's kind of sad, too, because as a kid, when you're like, yeah, that's a banshee, everyone's going to look at you like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so bad mythology. Um, it could have been a cute story you know i wanted to see this about 15 minutes longer i would have liked to have seen the little tie-ins that should have been there where uh jake gets the card that leans him to sean i would have liked to have seen um a flashback of sean and aaron when they first were dealing with each other a little bit Uh, i would have liked to have had some more prep work done appropriately for the what's yours is mine and mine is yours to have that fit just better and not literally be thrown in the last five seconds of the episode yeah (laughs) and and it was so quick it was just so quick rat tail yours be mine mine be yours here you go and he explodes why was that a thing (laughs) why was that a thing that that would have been great news 
I, I think they probably could have wrapped this up in an extra five, five and a half minutes. That would have been awesome to see what else was missing from this show. Yeah, it was also very culturally insensitive. Um, oh, yeah. And <laughs> just fucking rude. I mean, I'm not dissing on the actor that, that played um, Sean, because he's actually a really, really good actor. I really liked him. <laughs> he was really into it, and... Yeah. Like, he was super great. I'm just like, really? You're going to cast a small person as a leprechaun? And he did a fantastic job. Can we have more taste than that? Uh, back to our original discussion with uh, The Tale of the Hounds. It could have been so good. It just, there was very obviously a lot that was cut or changed and removed from the story. And I, I definitely want to give the writer a benefit of a doubt that say that this had more in it than was just edited for, you know, kids unfortunately i don't think we have anything more to say about this episode really yeah uh, we've uh, drunk the spiders on this one i think <laughs> so let's go ahead to our recommended screaming all right and for this week's recommended screaming i am actually going to recommend willow um this is kind of a t tangential recommendation um because the gentleman who played Sean in this episode was David Steinberg. And unfortunately, he took his own life in 2010, but he was a very amazing actor in Willow. He played Migosh, who is Willow's best friend. Willow was American high fantasy film directed by Ron Howard. It starred Warwick Davis, Val Kilmer, Joan Whaley, John Marsh, and Billy Barty. And, of course, David Steinberg. And basically, it's this amazing epic fantasy adventure where this character named Willow finds this human baby. And it's his journey to basically get this baby where she needs to go. And there's all sorts of, like, plots and subplots tied into each other. But there's some really cool monsters and fights. And Val Kilmer plays this amazing character named Mad Mardigan, who is kind of insane. <laughs> well, when you have Mad as your first name... <laughs> It's a fun fantasy, Rob. So yeah, I, I would recommend checking it out. All right, and I think that's it for this week. Okay, well with that, I now declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Feel free to email us at areyouafanofthedark at hotmail.com. Are You a Fan of the Dark is all one word. You can also visit us at Are You a Fan of the Dark Pod on Facebook. And we also have our Midnight Society fan club where you can submit your own memories or even just comments about Are You Afraid of the Dark. And you can visit our show notes at midnightsocietyfan.club. <laughs>